Abstract Athlete Podcast, where art and sports collide. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Check out the two other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast and the Abstract Veterans Podcast. And make sure to stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, beginagaintoys.com or Amazon and purchase one of our stacked paint and puzzle kits. Incredibly excited about the podcast today as I get to speak with artist, illustrator, founder of Athleta Comics and former 11-year NFL defensive end, Israel Adonage. Make sure to follow Israel on Instagram at I-I-D-O-N-I-J-E. And also you can follow him at Athleta Comics. And you can also stop by his website, athletacomics.com. That's A-T-H-L-I-T-A-C-O-M-I-C-S. Let's welcome Israel Adonage. Hey, can you hear me okay? I got you, man. Beautiful, beautiful. a little with the sound. How you doing, man? Thank you for doing this. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. How's everything? Uh, I'm sweating my you-know-what off here on the East Coast, so <laughs> ho- hopefully going to cool down a little bit here in the next week or so, but uh, you're still in, are you still in Chicago? By the way, I record yeah. right off the bat, by the way, so. Um, no, you're fine. Um, How was the... Uh, the lighting behind me. Oh, looks good. Yeah. You're okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I got it. I got it. But yeah, no, I uh, Chicago. I love Chicago. I'm from Columbus, Ohio, so I used to go to Chicago a lot. That's like one of my favorite cities, actually. I think. Yeah, it's it's a it's a great city. Yep. Well, dude, no, thank you for for um for doing this because uh, we got to thank my business partner and your friend Daryl. And, yes. and, and, and thank Teresa for helping coordinate this. Um, but no, it's like, you know, once Daryl started talking about you like a while back, you know, and remembering you as a player, obviously, and then diving into what you do as a comic artist, but collaborating or like kind of connecting the sports side and the creative side, and then really doing research on you and, and f- like really in some some really cool way you took really interesting paths to both of your things, you know, like, you know, like you, and I'll let you elaborate on it, but just to like give back onto the listeners, it's like, you know, you were born in Nigeria, you came to Canada and to when you were four, I believe four or five. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know, played football. Like, I don't want to say you were like, somebody got you to play football because you were a big dude. Right. Um, yeah. They forced, they forced, me. <laughs> I got, you know, um, and then like, you know, you, you didn't get drafted or you went to college in Canada. You didn't get drafted. You like got drafted in the Canadian football league and then hooked on with the Browns. And then you had like a 14 year career in the NFL. Like it's, it's kind of almost unheard of in some weird way. And then again, like with the creative side, like it started, I think I read in 2007, your business did. Um, but how you kind of, you didn't take art classes, but like you, you, I think what I, one of the things I read is you like, you kind of like, were really learning that I guess the English language through comic books growing up and, and just started doodling and stuff. So like, again, like it just, 
for me, it's like super cool because it shows like a perseverance and a passion for both things. And just, I don't know, it's just badass. And I'll let you like kind of riff. No, no, thank you. Thank you for that. I mean, I think I, I really just consider myself so blessed on, on this journey that I've been on, right? It's, uh, you know, a kid from Canada, uh, sorry, a kid from Nigeria moving to Canada at four years old. Um, I couldn't have dreamt or imagined the places I've been fortunate to go through sports and creativity, the, the people I've been able to connect with and the things I've been able to, to see through these amazing avenues and platforms that I'm fortunate to be a part of, you know, and, and coming over, interesting, my, my father is very academic, you know, he, you know, you know, is very scholastic and I mean, everything is about education for him. So sports, he actually never came to a football game of mine until I was, till I was a professional. So I got in the NFL, <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> you know, so through, all throughout high school, you know, I only played one year in high school and then in college as well. He didn't, he, he did not come to football. He was all about getting our education as like the, the most pivotal thing that any of us could do. And, and, and he was correct in, 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 in that, but he also missed the point that through the door of sports, also a lot of doors open and, you know, life changing opportunities, you know, would come from that. And, you know, so growing up sports was not my main thing. You know, everything was about the academics. And then my parents are missionaries, so I grew up in the church serving alongside them as well. And then when I was uh, 17, my boss at the YMCA, I was running after school programs at the Y, my boss, Kevin Grindy, said, hey, I want you to come play football, nine-man football. And I was like, um, <laughs> nah, I, I'm not interested. And he, he, I was, my passion was really basketball at the time. And he said, well, worst case scenario, football is going to allow you to be in better shape for basketball. And I love Kevin Grindy. He's, he's a, he is family. And, you know, he convinced me to go out and play in, in, in uh, grade 12. And I went out, I played, made the team. He then got me an opportunity to try out for Team Manitoba, the provincial team, which is like the state team. And... I didn't want to go. So he was so excited. Hey, I got you. The, the, the slots are all closed, but I got them to give you a slot for Team Manitoba. I was like, hey, thanks. And it went in one ear, out the other. And then a week later, he's like, called my mother, like, hey, Mrs. Adonage, did, are you guys all set to go to the tryouts in Winnipeg, which is two and, a, two and a half hours from where we lived in Brandon? And she's like, go where for what? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know, she called me upset, like, you didn't tell us that Coach Grindy got you this opportunity. You got a tryout here for Team Manitoba coming up this weekend. I was like, well, I don't want to play football. You know, and she said, well, this man thought enough of your gift, your ability to get you this opportunity, whether you like it or not. You're going to go through this door. And if football doesn't work out, guess what? We'll be right back here at home with us, haven't lost any, having not lost anything. So she drove me two and a half hours against my will from Brandon to Winnipeg. Uh, I remember crying on the way, like I did not, I did not want to go. Um, but when I got there, they gave me my helmet, my pads, fitted me up, and I went out there and I did my thing and I made the, I made the team. And at that practice was Brian Doby, the head coach of the University of Manitoba Bison, where I played for for four years. And you know, Coach Doby came up to me and said, "Hey, young man, I think uh, we would love, we'd be interested in you playing at our university." I also had a scout from. North Dakota interested, but I wasn't committed enough to football to even explore that. So I ended up going to University of Manitoba, 
And, you know, that opportunity changed, changed my life. Yep. It changed my life. What, what did you study? Like, I think it's interesting that like your dad is like, first of all, I'm a, I'm a professor at a university and, and side note, I would love to have you somewhere down the line, like join a zoom with a class that I, that actually kind of mirrors what the business is. It's called art and athletics. Like where I, you know, in some ways it kind of does what you do with, with the comics is trying to show this benefit of creativity and physical education or, you know, being physical in that's again, a side note, but what did you, what did you study? In, in, I was a, I was a, I was a psych major sociology okay. minor and, you know, my, throughout my four years at the university of Manitoba, I actually ran after school programs at Ryerson elementary school. I, my, my goal was I always wanted to work with children. Was that the daycare thing you were doing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So I ran, I ran, I ran, you know, the kids would be in school all day. I ran the after school program. So all these kids, when school was over and they'd have, they'd be with me like an hour, their, their parents would have time to pick them up. And I mean, for me, it was fun. I mean, I would, because I had the camp counselor experience at the YMCA for so many years. And, you know, which was with Kevin Grindy, you know, who taught me how to make learning fun, how to, how to, how to really work with kids in a, in a way to like bring out the best in them. So going from that, working in the YMCA youth leadership program uh, as a senior counselor to then running an after school program in Winnipeg as at uh, Ryerson, it was easy, right? So, you know, all the kids after school came to my program and we played dodgeball, capture the flag, you know, uh, octopus, you name it. Um, and it was just fun. And, and it was great actually, because over my time there, I saw kids, gain self-esteem, you know, uh, gain a sense of identity, get in better shape just by moving the body, running around and, and, and having someone cheer and champion them on. Right. It's like, you'd be surprised how you take this little kid and you like speak words of affirmation and positive, you know, words in their life. And these kids just take off. Right. So that was really a special part of my life. Those four years as a, as a, after school program director at Ryerson and then football happened. It just, it, it was like a blink of an eye. I, my first year at the university of Manitoba, I did not play. Um, I had a surgery on my knee and I just didn't play. My second year I played one game, the last game of the year. My coach came to me and said, Hey, unless you plan on being in university for for you know six seven years because if i played i'd lose a year of eligibility right so I've, or I've already been here one year if i don't play i'm trying to keep my five years of eligibility because i just you know you're not going to be here for five more years right so you know do you want to play in this last game and i made the decision to play in that last game so i've been there two years i've only played in one game going into that third year i wanted to quit i'm like listen football eh, i'm a basketball i'm a basketball player and the big man on the basketball team, I thought I knew I could take his spot. He was to me, he was soft. <laughs> so I went to the uh, I went to the basketball tryout, and the coach didn't even let me play practice. He just said, "Listen, I don't want a two sport athlete, so you got to pick. Do you want to play football or do you want to play basketball?" So I called my mother, and she said, "Well, you're not going to quit football because we're not quitters in my our family. So um, you got to go back to your coach and ask him." what he needs from you to get you on the field and what you need to do to be able to play. 
And so going into that third year, fortunately for me, the starter, Ryan Henderson, all Canadian, graduated. The guy who was supposed to be the new starter was academically ineligible. They looked to the bench and there was your boy. (laughs) (laughs) All, All they had left was me. So going into that third year by default, uh, I was the starter uh, that first year. I led the team in sacks. I was uh, first team all Canadian. I had a great year, and uh, we kind of just never looked back. And then going into my fourth year at the university, again, I was I won the JP Metris, which is like the award given to top Canadian defensive player in the in the nation. Uh, again, Ken West All Star, first team all Canadian, and we had some rumblings of hey, like. You know, the NFL could be a, a thing potentially. And that wasn't even on my radar, right? right? My 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 dream was, hey, maybe I'll make it into the CFL. And I really thought I was going to be, you know, a child psychologist and, and, you know, work with kids in some capacity as far as, you know, psychology. And, you know, God had different plans. The door just opened. It went from, hey, there might be some interest. Next thing I knew, a scout from the Cleveland Browns came down to watch one of my teammates, Darnell Edwards, our corner. And, you know, Darnell ended up having a great career in the CFL. But uh, when he was leaving, he said to my coach, Brian Doby, hey, is there anybody else that we should look at? He said, yeah, we got this big kid. He's literally only played like (laughs) seven games. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. He's played just a handful of games. He's super raw, but he's the fastest kid we have on the team. And he's the biggest. And um, Yogi Jones stayed behind. He, it was a, I mean, a blizzard. It was freezing cold. He pulled his car up on the practice field, watched the whole practice from his car. And my coach let him tell it. He'll say, I had the best practice I've ever had in my life. I had the best, like my one-on-ones, I was unblockable. <laughs> um, and, you know, Coach Jones said, hey, young man, I think you could play in the NFL. And I ended up, you know, kind of shifting my mindset to, you know what, the NFL is my new target. That's, that's, that's where I want to go. And I started this to see myself, Hey, I'm going to get to the NFL. That's like, that's the dream. That's the goal. And it kind of just reframed everything. Interestingly enough, leading up to that, we had about NFL leading up to the draft. We had 11 NFL teams interested in me joining their rosters. And so we, we, we had a really good feeling about being drafted and I was supposed to have a workout in Indianapolis with all these teams, just an open workout. I don't know how, but somehow the NFL got uh, wind of my workout in Indy and they sent a notice out to all the teams that, hey, you know, if any team showed up to Israel Donaldson's workout, they're going to lose a first round draft pick and there'd be a fine because I'm, I guess you can only have a workout at a certain uh, distance from your school. Oh, jeez. And I, and obviously, um, I live in Manitoba, and you know this workout was illegal to to, to have happened in Indy um, privately with these eleven teams. So we ended up rescheduling a workout at the University of Manitoba. We had these eleven teams committed to coming, and then if you remember around that time, the SARS epidemic yeah. just started kind of brewing. If you if you flew around, you know, everybody had masks on and just like SARS, SARS, SARS. It was like everywhere. So as the weeks leading up to my workout got closer, it went from 11 teams to nine teams to five teams 
to two teams, to one team. Phil Banco from the Cleveland Browns, God bless him, said, I don't care about, he said, I don't care about no That's Cleveland bars. mentality right there. I'm telling you, he's, <laughs> he's built a little different. He said he doesn't care about any SARS. He flew, he flew from Cleveland to, to Winnipeg, Manitoba. He worked me out for about two hours. He tried to kill me. <laughs> and, um, and uh, it was it was amazing. After that practice, I ended up signing a free agent. Well, I thought I was going to get drafted, actually. And the draft, first round, third round came. Throughout the whole draft, the seventh round, we ended up not getting drafted. And uh, the Browns called me and, and signed me to a free agent contract, $10,000 signing, bo- signing bonus. And I was the wealthiest man <laughs> on the face of the planet, right? $10,000. At 21 years old, you know, uh, it was just, it was the beginning of hey something man, we really played special. We played sports, well, I'm older than you, but we played sports at the wrong time with the NIL stuff in colleges and stuff now. Oh my God, right? I mean, the money these young guys are making in college. Yep, it's crazy. Incre- incredible, incredible. Yep. yep. Now, I, like, I, I love, I, I'm curious, the, your, your, what you studied, do you, like, and your relationship with working with kids, like for me, like that has to be so beneficial, not just as a football player, but in the creative sense as well. Yeah. And then like, I'm like, do you ever, I asked this question to somebody I had on the podcast the other day. Do you ever think about like teaching? Is that, is that still like something that you ever consider? I mean, obviously the business is, is booming and you're like, that takes up obviously a lot of time, but like, it just feels like, you know, like I say this a lot on the podcast because it feels like you are such like the passion and inspiration. Like you would, like I can imagine being in the, in, in the daycare with you, just like that kind of, uh, the way that you teach. I, I actually teach my college students the way you talk, like positive reinforcement, because it's like, I go through there. I, I have artists in the class, but I have a lot of student athletes that, you know, I'm air quoting claim they're not creative. And it's like, we're all creative. Like, and then yes. like, I just want them to do something that I always say, I want you to find something you like creative. Like it can be photography. It could be writing music, dance, whatever, because if you like something, you're going to go do it more and more and more. And then you're going to, you know, whatever sport we all played or did or anything we ever did the first time we did it, we sucked at it. And but if you get going into that groove, into that practice thing, like, and that plays into this idea for me of, you know, like you were not trained as an artist, but no. man, like you're damn good. Like, and well, go ahead. Well, I just, I just, one, what, what you mentioned there, like we are, if you are living and breathing by default, you are a creator, right? Although you internally might not see that through your lens, you are a creator just by sheer existence, and I'll, and I think this is where you're going. If you if you can refocus yourself to tap into that and start to see that in yourself, there's a lot of happiness and joy and just creativity. Not even necessarily doing it for anybody else, but just the ability to release the thing that's on your heart. Yep to like set it free, just to the, the idea, the thought that's the seed of I, an idea in that's in your mind to like plant it and then just let it go. 
is such a rewarding thing, right? If no one had ever read any of my kids' books or any of our pro, if they've never looked at it, I was just so proud to have had this thing that was in my mind and on my heart birthed into the world, right? And you know, so so one, I think that's that in of itself has been just a really special experience for me, you know, having and and thankfully it's gone well, so that that's allowed me to do more creatively. I think we're on our sixth kid, kids book, which has been so much fun. And the kids book, kids book has actually outperformed the traditional comic book, which I thought originally was going to crush it. But that's turns awesome. out, you know, messages around self-love and like learning how to read and count, like there's a huge market for parents that are looking for just great content for their kids that we didn't even, we stumbled upon, right? Nope. With, with the dream, dream kids adventures, you know? So, you know, for me, I've always teaching when I think about like becoming a teacher, it's in like the traditional sense, it's just such a responsibility that you can't, <laughs> you can't take lightly. It is, you, man. Know? It's like... <laughs> you know, and my heart goes out to teachers because they're just so under appreciated for what they do we've we've been fortunate at the peak of my program i worked with four schools here in chicago i had about a thousand kids that we did after school programs with and i i was just the teachers the sacrifices that they make above and beyond the limited resources that they have to like try to help these kids individually become their best it's astonishing to me um and they just they're out here swinging the axe every day trying to just you know, do their best for these these amazing kids that they love so so um you know just i have so much love and respect for the teachers in our community uh, on all levels for me i felt like the way that i want to teach is like through my stories through my story particular like i'm nothing special right i i feel like i have a commitment to i have a commitment internally to like achievement I have a commitment to winning. I have a commitment to to when I put my hand on something, I don't want to take my hand off till it's done, right? Perse perseverance. And, you know, I think my one of my goals is just to really drive the fact that like there's nothing special about me and you yourself, if you have persistence, if you have vision, if you have the ability to stick to your plan, if you have the ability to surround yourself with good people, and persevere and keep working if you have the ability to pivot yes maybe this doesn't work but if you can pivot just a little bit and find a new lane or alley maybe that's where the magic is right um, none of that is magical right no. you know i often I often say like everybody knows what to do everybody it's easy where it gets difficult is very few people do what they know right the doing of what you know you should do, that's the hard part. And, you know, for me, I've always, I've always hoped that, like, my story and the things I'm doing, hopefully it can help bring on one, two, three other kids that, hey, here are the tools. If you could just apply these tools to your life, I don't care who you are, you're going to see some success. And when you look up, you're going to be like, wow, I've achieved something that I can be proud of in my life. And so for me, that's how I hope to 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 teach or pass it on or pay it forward. No, but I think that you're you're speaking my language because even though I'm personally under the umbrella of academia, 
the business obviously I think does kind of what you're talking about, like really trying to do workshops and, and there's something I'll talk to you about later. Um, but I try to teach unconventionally because I don't want to be, I don't want sterile. I don't want like, I, I, I want greatness from every one of my students, whatever that means. Like, and, and, and seeing those, like you, you're, you, you said that something earlier about like watching kids, like become more physically fit. Like you can see like the, you know, I, in my class, we don't physically do physical things, but I talk about physical education, you know, like and hearing, oh, I just started swimming the other day. And I noticed every time I'd go swimming, I feel better when I'm done. And you can see those changes. And then in the creative sense, it's like, you can literally see them growing and get getting better, whatever that means for themselves. It's not, like I said, you don't have to be a professional athlete you don't have to be a professional artist but if you do both of these things every day it is just like you're going to be a better person and it's just it's healthy and so it's like it's really cool for me to like you literally are speaking that language i say i say when i go into class it's like this is a class you like is not like any other class you're going to take and that is intentional i don't particularly like academia like you mentioned um like the the nfl combine where the, the rules in place. It's like academia puts up these walls that it's just like, you're, you're hindering what I am supposed to be doing. Like the only thing I care about are students. I don't care about yeah. the, the BS from the administration and the bureaucracy and whatever. Like every student has my cell phone number. I have students text me at three in the morning, sometimes going, I can't sleep, but I started drawing and it calmed me down. And that to me is rewarding and it means that I did something, you know? Love it. it it's just, it's I want to know. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so on the institutional side, because that's something I often kind of wrestle with, like these big systems that are built, you know, why is it so difficult for them, like just to pivot or change or make like, Hey, let's make this change that will be better for this next generation, this new generation, rather than doing these, keeping these old systems that don't necessarily apply or work in this new world that we're in. It's, it's antiquated system. I, I, I yeah. especially in the art world, like where we claim that we're always forward thinking is like, why am, why am I having to, you know, like I had, I had, I, I used to be in a different department, but like my thing here at, at school is kind of taking on its own life. But this person that was like my boss at the time could not get over the fact that, he was claiming what I was doing was art therapy, which I don't like that term, but it's like art is therapy. Like, I'm sorry, when you create it's, it's, it's good, Yeah. but it's like, he couldn't get past this, this thing. And I kept explaining, like, this isn't art therapy. Like I'm giving these people a place to create, but to also be talking about creative things. It promotes critical thinking. Like it's just all these things. And it's just like, how are you like, how are you not understanding this? Like, you don't, but yeah. it's just that antiquated old school mentality. And it's, it's yeah. hard to break those yeah. things. I mean, how, do you, how, like, do you, how do you change that? How do you change that? I'm you curious, know? like, do you talk to your dad about this being that he's in academia? No, no. My dad is so like he, when he like, he, he writes, he's written a lot of books. Right. But when I read my dad's books, it's a whole different generation. It mm-hmm. is like very deep in, just like traditional um, like language and philosophies where it just wouldn't connect yep. to, you know, someone where I am. 
or even at someone younger than me, right? And I told them that, like, unless you're a professor or another scholar, like, then you would read his stuff and be like, oh, this is interesting, right. <laughs> you know, you know, or, or someone from his kind of from from kind of that was raised up academically, kind of in his in his realm, yeah. you know. Um, but he's, I mean, very sharp, you know, Latin, Hebrew, um, you name it. He's like, he's he's very he's very well studied. The abstract athlete gets stacked paint and puzzle kit. Creative exercise designed in collaboration with former Ohio State Buckeye and NFL player Percy King. Create art as exercise for the mind. Order one of our art kits today, available at theabstractathlete.com, beginagaintoys.com, or on Amazon. The Abstract Athlete, where art and sport collide. Just a side note, what I was going to say to you earlier was like one of the things that I don't know if Daryl's told you this. We we bought land in Montana a couple years ago with the idea of starting like an artist athlete residency. And you'd be like awesome to come out and do workshops and like bring some of like the students you work with, you know, like I just somewhere down the road, you know, but just to keep in mind, because I think one of the things. I've always thought I drive out West. I'm, I, I'm a painter by nature, but I'm, I'm becoming addicted to photography and wildlife photography. And mm. I, like I go out to Yellowstone all the time. I'll send you some pictures later, but I've always been fascinated by that landscape because, you know, I grew up in Columbus, which is a city and I live in Richmond, Virginia now, which is a city, but out there, it's just kind of open the vastness and trying to bring kids that are underserved youth that will, never experienced that thing i think stuff like that changes their lives as well as like you know seeing things like going to a museum or seeing nature like is also good for us so just a back burner thing that i think would be cool yeah. to keep talking about in the future oh but i i, I agree fully i'm myself i'm an outdoor maybe it's maybe it's because i'm from canada you know so i love you know kayaking yeah. out in hiking like just there's nothing when you talk about like ther- therapy, I mean, there's nothing quite like just being out in nature, breathing, and the air is different, right? When you're in a for- when when you're in a forest, yep. it's just like it's you're, you're it's it, it's connected, right? It's just a different environment. So, and and what's so crazy is there are a lot of kids that have never experienced yep. that, right? They've they've never been out in the na- in nature. They they grew up in these inner city communities. And that's like literally all they know. So, yep. so to your point, yeah, just it's a special experience for them to see a whole nother world. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think that's pretty special. What you got. are you planning to do that, or are you uh, still in the works? We bought the land. We have, so we have twenty yeah. acres out there. So it's money now. Like we're just waiting yeah. to like get, to get you know ground. You know, we have to dig a well and blah blah blah. We we talk about how how it's going to be set up with multiple art studios like a main space and it's you know to me it's i don't know it maybe it's i'm a little selfish with it because i love it out there but i do think like you you know as i had a i had a buddy here in richmond that used to do this it was like a bike like a bicycle inner city bicycle program and one of the things he would always tell me is like you know i'm i'm doing this thing and these kids never leave the 5 block radius and ever 
And it's just like, yeah. you know, and it's like, that's it. And we're doing, we actually, we're doing a documentary right now that should be out here within the next month. Um, and it's a former student of mine and he, his name is Jaraz Jenkins. And he like, he, he'll say the same thing. He was born in the wrong neighborhood. And like, wow. he was literally selling crack when he was 13 years old, 11 or 13 years old, because he had to support the family. He ended up going to jail. He got shot at. And, but he came back to art school. I remember I was like the first person at, at Virginia Commonwealth to like work with him, like to get back into school and the strides and what he's done and what he's building. Like to me, it was like a film and like he, you know, it's, it's exciting because it, it, some of the stuff is like changing his life in some ways. And wow. it's, it's powerful because again, it talks about like, this thing that you and I've been talking about is like art can change your life. It doesn't mean you have to be a professional, but it's just that thing that, right. you know, so I mean like how, like, I'm curious that, you know, again, I mentioned at the beginning, like you started kind of doodling drawing at a very young age, but never did anything like school wise. And then, no. and then, so how did that kind of come about? Because again, like that story is so cool to me, like to the fact that you were, I think, I think the thing I read, you were drawing stuff in the locker room or had stuff in the locker room and somebody introduced you to Ron Mars and what was the other person's name? Like, it's, it's such yeah. a cool story. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I've been drawing my whole life and, and writing, right? So, you know, poetry, stories, music, you know, I, I, growing up, I played the guitar. My parents, we were only allowed to watch one hour of television a day. Nice. Um, then you had, you had to read your book for an hour. And then the rest of the time was yours, right? So if you watched your hour of TV too early when everybody else was watching, you're out of luck, you know? <laughs> so you know, you know, you had to do something else. So for me, you know, I played the guitar and, you know, I just always loved drawing. I always loved just to draw. And that was kind of like my time where I, you know, initially started just like taking pictures of wildlife and animals. And I would just try to like replicate them like to the detail the best I could you know, with graphite. And that was like, just what I, I just love. I just love doing that, right? It's like taking these images and, and replicating them. And then I just got better at it and continued to do that. And then poetry, I love just writing and, and telling stories. Yeah. And then, you know, fast forward to my, oof, this would be my, I guess, 2007 in the league, you know, fourth year, I, at that point, was kind of in my groove as a professional. And training camp is just super mundane, right? You get up, breakfast, practice two hours, lunch, practice two hours, dinner. And it's just like, it's the same thing every day for three weeks. So 2007, during training camp, I was like, you know what? I'm going to create a story. And you know, because I had this love for comics and superheroes, and I also had this love for, you know, sports, Michael Jordan and like the athletic world, you know, I grew up watching stuff like Pro Stars. And that I was just like, I think we could tell a better story of the origin story of the athlete. Uh, so that was like the impetus of the protectors where all these athletes in all of time, their ability in sport was truly a byproduct of this hidden gift that they had late uh, hidden in their DNA that they didn't know about. Um, and the byproduct of that unlocked spark was this incredible athletic ability. 
Um, and then throughout the story, in the, in the story, you know, our world today is being subjugated by politics, media, and religion by these dark forces. And the protectors, these athletes, now have to make the decision, do I just want to be an athlete? Or do I want to tr- serve my true purpose, unlock my gift, and use my gift and my potential to like serve and save and, and change the world? And so over the three weeks in training camp, I kind of created the architecture of that whole story. Um, I then reached out to my brother just because my brother, he and I are very different. I'm like, I don't care what it is. I'm super optimistic. Like <laughs> everything, everything's going to work out fine. So I just, I wake up with an optimistic lens. My brother is a little bit more skeptical than I am. Right. So when he sees something, when he sees something, he'll tell it like it is like, uh, this is good. This needs to change. I like this, uh, you know, so he and I kind of polished the protectors, the, the kind of the first version of the universe we created. And and then I, I reached out to some folks to kind of, some folks I knew that were in the comic industry just to get their feelers. And they connected me with, you know, Ron Mars. And uh, so San Diego Comic-Con, I, I flew out there and Ron graciously agreed to have breakfast with me and hear my idea. So I laid out everything to him and I <laughs> gave, him, gave him the whole story of the protectors, you know, and he sat back and he's like, you know what? That's not the worst idea I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> That's it a compliment. So, <laughs> That's a compliment from Ron Mars, yep. <laughs> you know? Um, and so, you know, he and I just grew a great friendship. And um, he brought just like there's elements of our story. I mean, I'm not a comic writer, right? Um, and having a guy that has written, you know, Green Lantern, Silver Surfer, these epic, you know, you know, stories that we all love. You know, he really helped kind of polish and make the protectors what it is today. And um, it was it's just been amazing to kind of um, really. I mean, we're now working on our third story arc. You know, we're, 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 we've, we've had two shopping deals uh, as far as like turning the, the universe into movies that unfortunately didn't fall through, but we'll just continue doing the story. And at some point, you know, we hope we'll tell the story in another format. Um, we, we're going to start it like we're going to start a little animated, some animated shorts that we think we can't, I can't wait to like show the people like bring the pages to life. Yep. But but I remember after all the writing, after all the creativity and all the detail in the universe and all the different branches we created, getting issue one, our first protectors comic, it was just like I mean, that's that's it. I didn't we didn't have to do another one. It was just it was really a special moment to like we created this. Yeah. Right? We had a we had an idea and we've turned it into something um that now, I mean, we've had people dress up as our characters at Comic Con. Awesome. We've 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 had you know, we've had you know folks that have just really loved the the story and the characters, and people love connect with different characters and different journeys that they're on. Uh, it's it's been awesome. So I consider myself just very great, thankful, and I'm so grateful for for where that aspect of you know something I love has kind of taken me. And then also we, we, in parallel, I always felt like the real branch off the protectors was a a group, uh, a concept we created called sports heroes, 
where we, we took our real athletes and we made them like fictional superheroes. So I pitched that idea to the Bears in 2007. And 2018, Scott Hagel, their, uh, one of the uh, executives, said, hey, do you still want to do that uh, you know, sports heroes thing with the Bears? And I was like, absolutely. And I'm telling you, working with the team in this new capacity, you know, not no longer as a player, but like helping on the really marketing sales and like the branding side, it was off the charts. And the new, it's the, the new Monsters of the Midway, it exploded. It was so, <laughs> so, I mean, the timing, the team did really well. The fans that loved football, loved the, the, the comics. And then the fans who didn't even know anything about football but loved comics, you know, and this is how we knew we got it right, like just comic fans loved the product and then were like, okay, well, you know, this is what the Bears are doing. It's interesting, right? That's that's what's like, again, like that's kind of what we're doing is like smashing these these so-called worlds that are not supposed to be together together. And and it's like when it happens and and people realize like, oh, it's not that different. And it's like, no, we're not that different. Yeah. Like, well, I don't know why right. we push these play- things to the other side. Like, we've done some exhibitions, like, at hockey arenas and baseball fields and different stuff like that. And every time, like, we take artwork to these places, like, the fans, they're like, oh, this former player made this? Yeah. And, like, and yeah. It's, like it knocks <laughs> down those walls. Like, that's why, again, like, I think it's, for me, it's so fun to meet people like you and and, <clears throat> and other people we work with because it just, it it knocks down these walls. It gives people, I always say it gives people permission to be creative because yeah. again, you know, you, I'm sure you had like your six foot six big dude and, and me growing up, I'm not six foot six, like, you know, I'm six foot, but I was an athlete growing up and that's all people knew. But then when you do something different, it's like it, that it's, you know, it's that hashtag more than an athlete thing. You're and right. it's like, we're all more than what people see that we are. And so it's, 100%. it's so fun, like, because people like you that like were a professional athlete really can change people's lives because it's that permission thing to me, because, you know, like they just don't, they don't look at it's. I mean, it sounds bad, but it's like, they almost look at, look at athletes as if they're not human, you know? And I'm sure you had that, that feeling sometimes. Yeah, of course. And, of course. and so like when you, when you make this, these awesome you know and i was going to ask you about the if the you were looking at making these movies um because i i think like you know looking through your stuff is like oh this is definitely this and the stories it's like this has to be animated and or like a a feature film because it's just like the character development is just so cool but i just think that it's it's so cool to me to like to watch when when athletes like you or former athletes that do these things because it does it just it it opens up that door for people to a see you guys differently guys and girls and and to experience that themselves you know yeah it's it's just yeah i mean i i I just i mean and you're spot on right i think as a professional especially i think as a professional folks are really quick to put you in a box and they and they want you to stay in that box that validates their definition of you, right? And once you step out of that, it's mind blowing to them. Like, oh, you drew that, or you wrote that, or 
Like you did that? Like how could you? Like whoa, you know, you can do more than just one thing. Yep. Um, and the truth is, yeah, none of us are just one layer, right? We're all like onions. Yep. There's multiple layers to like all the things that we can do and all the gifts that we can bring to this world. Uh, and it's it's a mistake if you let the voices of other people pin you into that box and keep you in that box. And part of the exercise, I think, for all of us is is not defining ourselves by how other people define us, right? Making sure that internally, like, you know, it, and it's it's sometimes scary starting a new thing, oh, yeah. you know, um, or, or venturing into a new lane, especially if you don't have some security or some, like, if it's like leaving something that's your, your, your dependent on for your livelihood, but you'll often find, like you said earlier, right? The hardest day is day one, right? And when you go into day two, day three, day four, day five, all of a sudden you're getting better. You're learning. You're, you're, you're now bringing your own, like your own nuances to this new thing. And that's where the magic is, right? The magic is in that process of development and growth. Um, and I think it's just so special that we should all experience that, right? And that's, I think that's part of the magic of, of creativity um, for all of us. I, I think uh, you just touched on something I always talk to my, well, not just my students, but people in general about. I think the beauty of smashing these things to two things together, even though I think that they're very parallel to, you know, like perfectly matched with each other is, you know, this is a broad brush thing, but, you know, athletes are disciplined. Like we think about like da, 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 da artists are supposed to be flighty and stuff. It's like when you mix that, that bring the creativity to the athlete side and bring that discipline to the artist side, just that marriage of, of watching those two things come together in a classroom is just so awesome. Like, it's just, you know, like you said, it's just, it's that first day you suck at that thing. But like, if you keep doing it, like the practice, it's practice. Art yeah, is practice. practice. Art is practice. Yeah. And right. and we forget about that. We don't think about that because we just, you know, so many people just think, oh, you're just like going in the basement and throwing paint around. It's like, yeah, but like, it's strategic. Like I've been doing this, you know, sometimes you get that. You probably get this sometimes like when you, when you show a piece or something or work, it's like, how long did that take you? And I always go, I always say my age It's because this is like in my head has been developing for 54 years or whatever, you know, it's not literally, yeah. but you know what I mean? It's like, right. it's not just the piece. It's the life that the piece has, you know, it's I yeah, know. It, it, that piece is a culmination of everything that you've brought, that you've learned since you started the journey. Right. And, mm -hmm. and again, that, that feels like someone's trying to put you in this box of like, Oh, it took you a day to do this. Yeah. I, I I mean, time-wise a day, but yep. it took me everything that I've been through. Yep. I brought that all into this piece, right? I brought it all with me to this creation, right? Yep. yep. Who? I, I, one question I always like to ask is inspirations. Um, and again, like, it's always fun because, again, like, I can imagine, like, inspirations from comic world, um, inspirations in sports world, because because literally a lot of that stuff you're working with is connected. But like, who are like some people that are, you know, or maybe mentors as well, like coaches, you know, obviously I think you mentioned your father a lot. He's, he's very important in your life. Your mom, you mentioned earlier, I'm sure. But like other people that like, that like influences. Yeah. I mean, I think so many, I know, I think closest to home are, are my parents. Um, 
specifically like my mother. You know, I, I often, I often, I believe that <clears throat> perseverance or faith is a muscle, right? And in our lives, especially when you're young, it's easy like, oh, that'll never work, and like you give up or you, you know, you you don't try because you don't necessarily believe that like the thing that you're putting your energy energy into is going to work. And I was fortunate that as a young man, the times where my faith muscle was weak, I had a mother whose faith, faith, faith muscle was like unparalleled. She, like She had the ability, regardless of situation or circumstance, to tell me, hey, son, I don't care how you're feeling. I promise you, you know, you do keep working hard. You keep doing the right thing. Something good is going to happen. A door is going to open up. Chain, like there's, there's a blessing. And over time, because I experienced her telling me that, and it always worked out. It always, maybe not exactly how I thought it would, but there was a there there in some capacity after every situation I faced. <clears throat> and that helped me grow my own strength and my own faith and my own perseverance. Like, listen, I don't care how bleak or dark it is. I can grind through that. I can push through that. Like there's, there's, we're going to find a way to the magic. So my, my mother is like at the core of like what inspires me and drives me. I'd say athletically, I was, a, I mean, a massive Michael Jordan fan as a child. Um, everything that he represents just about like ruthless com- commit, the commitment. <clears throat> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, and just like that ability to never, like you will not lose, right? And you know you're not going to lose because you know that you've put in the work, you've paid the price when no one was looking. So you, so you would be the best. So you were going to take that shot. Like you just backing down was not an option. Right. Um, and then I also loved from a comic lens, I loved Wolverine (laughs) and Wolverine, Wolverine kind of embodies that same, you know, he's the little guy, the undersized guy. Um, he'd been through, through so much in his life. Right. Um, and you know, everyone knows him for these, you know, adamantium claws, but his true strength is, is in his ability to heal, right? Regardless of what, what he's going through, he's, you know, his ability to heal and regenerate um, is like his like real gift. And yeah, he has also the, like, the ability of like scent and smell and all these other things. But like, I always felt like, you know, life is hard. We're all going to get knocked down. We're all going to be pushed and beat up. But like having the ability to shift your mindset so you can heal from the hard times, shift your mindset so you can like regenerate from the challenge. You can build yourself back and you could stand up stronger and like keep fighting is like, I think something I always loved about Wolverine, just the grit and how tough, I think just probably across all my mentors, I love scrappy, tough (laughs) gritty you know and and i feel that's like where where i come from like i'm the kid that you know just a kid from lagos nigeria i moved to canada when i was four we had nothing nobody gave us anything and it was about just you know going to get it and and working and and let me not say no one gave us anything because i i i we did have a family that donated anonymously i don't know who they are whoever you are out there thank you thank you thank you they donated to myself and my siblings memberships to the ymca youth leadership program 
So we joined that youth leadership program. And through that program, I was a part of the program. I then became a junior counselor, a senior counselor, ran the program. Kevin Grindy was my boss. He then he then made me play for Team Manitoba, right? And it just like- he Paid it forward. Just, it's the, it's the ripple effect yep. in our lives. And, and that's why I say like, when you give something to somebody or help someone in some capacity, you know, you don't, you don't, you never can, you can't even imagine the ripples that come from that, right? You know, that person cast that ripple that changed my life. Yep. And that ripple has also changed the lives of all the kids that we've been able to support and touch over the years, right? Um, but, uh, you know, I always felt like that scrappy kid was me, right? I'm after school every day. I was, I thought I was going to be a basketball player and the NBA was my dream. So I was on the basketball court every day. Like you couldn't, like I was practicing and just like, I was relentless about trying, trying just to be the best as far as my skills and my ability on the court. And, you know, thankfully those skills and all that practice allowed me to be athletic when it came to football, right, um, for my size. So it's just, I really truly believe that it's all, it's all woven in and interconnected. Like not, no one is just, you know, one thing. Like life is this, yep. right, for all of us. You know what I mean? No, I, you, I'm sure you still get like comments from kids that you helped that, and I, I get those like students. I had a couple kids that, um, or on, uh, we're on the track team here and they somehow, I don't know how, like through different things, but they got on, uh, I think it was Puma. They were like on the front page of Puma's website, you know, advertisement. And the, the one kid like sent me a text message and he was just like, he, he was, I wanted to share this to you, but he, he, I also wanted to tell you, like you were the only teacher that ever really believed in me. And, and it's just like, you know, you almost want to cry because it's just like, yeah. First of all, that's sad that nobody else believed in it, but it's like <clears throat> to try to encourage that, like you are creative, you are more than just a track athlete. You're more than, you know, it's like, so it just, it, again, it's not, I don't want to like, it's not a pat on either one of our backs, but it's like, it's rewarding. Like yeah. when, when you know that you're giving and it's, and it's, it's, it is like the ripple effect. I love the way that, that, that sounds, that ripple effect, like what you can do for one person can like cause mass incredible things to happen yeah absolutely yeah, what a great story do you do you or have you ever thought about like i actually have a former student that's a colorist for marvel and we work with another guy that was a um he played with the mls that is now drawing batman like he lit like his goal is to draw batman and he's doing it now it's like <laughs> unbelievable like so cool um i mean is that is that something you ever thought of? Like, I think it's cooler that you've actually started your own thing or is it something that you imagine? Would you love DC or Marvel to purchase your ideas or just like you're happy with where you're at? Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with where we're at. I yeah. think once we realized the protectors was a, was a thing, yeah. um, I actually reached out. I met with the CEO of Marvel. I had an opportunity to sit down with him Um I have a rejection letter from DC, you know, um, and you know, these are just such big engines yep. and they, they have these legacy stories that they'll continue their, their, their annuities to them. They'll continue to tell those stories. And like, it's, it's a, almost like a liability issue yep. for them to take on a new IP that they don't know how it's going to perform. Right. Um, so 
after kind of going through that experience, our my commitment kind of just shifted to like building our universe, building our stories, building our characters, and not not with any sense of urgency. We're building it for us, right? We're building it for like if, if and I think that's the best way to build anything. Like if, if I don't love this universe and these characters and the nuances and the stories, like if if it had nothing to do with it and I picked up this comic book, would I be like, huh? This is interesting, right? Uh, and that just became the goal. And you know, if we never get a movie or animation deal, I will be so proud of all the things that we've done, all the work that that's been completed, right? From this idea in two thousand and seven, um, like we have we have zero regrets. Like everything we're doing is from a place of just love and enjoyment and fun, sharing, giving, and um, you know, I think because that's our approach, it's just, it's light. Like we, we are just creating for us and our network and our friends and our, the people who come every year to our uh, C2E2 or San Diego to our booth and are like, Hey, like, where's the protectors at? When's the next <laughs> issue? It's like, that's, that's what we're doing this for. That's awesome. Do you do a bunch of the Comic-Con stuff or just the main ones? Yeah, I've, I've less now. Okay. You know, I think when we first started, I did every, I did almost every Comic Con, um, and then once we got big enough, we actually were taking booth. We had a booth presence, um, so we had a booth at San Diego for four or five years, which is a it's a massive, yeah. you know, convention. That's the C2 that's e- the main one, isn't it? That's the main one. Yeah, it, it's it's a little bit more Hollywood. Right where you go to like a um, Emerald Comics, where it's just like a little bit more grassroots. It's like for the real comic, you know, fans and lovers. And then obviously C2E2 here, which is in our backyard, Wizard World, that's in Chicago here. So we we've done those extensively over the years, and um, it's fun, right? That's where you actually get to like connect and meet with people. And I will say, you know, being in the NFL eleven years and having these autograph sessions with like hundreds of fans in a line bringing these ancient relics and things that you're like, where did you find this? <laughs> right. Interestingly <laughs> enough, when you go to a comic con, it's the same thing. Yep. They're, the, these fans are another the same. connection between art and athletics. Yeah. They're the same. Like they, they, they love, they, they, they will bring comics and toys and all type of things that you're just mind blown. How do you still have this? Where did you find this? Um, you know, and like the comic fan and the the sports fan, you know, as you've mentioned, like there's this intersection there that's just really magical. And, and I think we're, we're fortunate to, to, to play in that space. Yeah. Well, dude, I know, I know you're a busy guy and we're going to definitely, I know Daryl and you keep up too, but we're going to definitely hook up at some point in time. The one thing I want to, I'll maybe connect with you is you know, the NFL PA, there's a, a professional athletes foundation component that does like a, an art auction during the Super Bowl. I don't know if you're, you know that, I think if you're interested, I can connect you with, with, um, whether it's a still or a sketch or something like to be connected yeah. with, um, I'll connect you with her. She's awesome. We've been kind of doing some stuff with him the last couple of years. Um, the one thing I always like to ask, and you're a musician, do you have any recordings of your, I'm a, I'm a former rock singer. So I I always write new music for each episode or oh, if, nice. if somebody wants to donate 
some kind of music but if you don't if you have any recordings of you playing guitar that would be amazing <laughs> but if you don't what kind of music do you like that i style wise could like write well so i have interestingly enough i have two songs that i've yes. written my, myself that are not for public yet <laughs> I, I i just i just told my manager that i'm, I'm actually gonna in this next year i'm gonna try this because i don't i do not play my guitar like I used to. Right. I haven't sang anything in years, right? My voice is like shredded, you know. But I'm gonna make I'm gonna I'm gonna make a commitment over like the next twelve months just to get get behind the strings more, start to like smooth out my vocals yeah. to a point where I could where I can, uh, you know, bring them to the world and just like share Absolutely, like, hey, man. I you know you I wrote these, I, I I created these songs, and then uh, so I have uh, I actually have a we have a five song, uh, I guess I'm calling it a mini EP that I created that was supposed to go along with the protectors. Oh, cool. You know, um, we just haven't finished it yet. Where, but it is on the docket to take this music that I have okay. and, and, and bring it to life. In some <laughs> that's capacity. so awesome. That's uh, so awesome. It's, it's, that's nerve wracking to me. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 like, I, you know, like it's been a long time since I've been on stage, but I, you know, we, we once played in front of like 10,000 people and there's a different, like I like played baseball in front of thousands of people too, yeah. but it's like, it's such a difference as a lead singer. It's just like the, you're like vulnerable like that, I, yes. but I love it. Like there's, there is, I tell students this all the time. Like I, you know, I, I'm an artist, I'm a visual artist that has art exhibitions, I've, you know, could have played pro baseball, but played in college, but, but being a singer, like there's nothing like that. Nothing. Like it's, yeah. it's so different. Well, what kind of music do you like that? I can write something in a general, it'll be simple. I'm sure. But like, no, I just write, general, I just write yeah. stuff on garage band just cause I'm oh, nice. kind of addicted. Well, I'm, I, I don't, I can fiddle on guitar, but I can't play it but I always have music in my head, which I'm sure as a musician, you probably do as well. Like I, so I, yeah, well, garage band was great for me. Nice. Well, something, well, how about something? Um, have you heard that song giant? I forget who sings it, but it's like, it's like really inspirational. Okay. It's called um, giant giant. Okay. I don't know if I have called giant. Yeah. I'll send it to you. Okay. Uh, I, I think it's called giant, but it's like, I, I, I um I love R and B, okay. but like if I if I want something to like I love like stuff that's inspirational, yeah. um, you know, messages around winning and like overcoming and like you know. Yeah, I'll probably um, it'll probably just the music, no lyrics or anything, but um, just like music. Oh, stuff. Well, you, yeah. why don't you want to sing? Oh, give, I... give, 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 give us a little... if you write the <laughs> lyrics, man, I'll sing it. I don't care. I'll do that. I'm totally down with that. I'm totally down with that. All right, you do the music. I'll see if I can write a little something. To okay, it. Maybe, we'll, right. maybe we'll maybe we'll collaborate That's, on something. I actually who I the a former football player that played with the Falcons that was the first podcast, Jose Portilla. Um, he's a painter now, like an amazing painter. And we might actually collaborate him using some of my photographs because my, my paintings are more abstract, but it's like inspired by Western landscapes and experiences and stuff. But he, like, he does like plain air painting. We'll go out, you know, and just paint. And I was like, well, I, you know, I take all these photographs. Like, well, would you want to collaborate? I was like, man, I'll send you photographs. If you want to do it, that would be awesome. So, yeah. so I love, I, I love collaborations and just kind of mixing different things, but, 
Um, Love it. But dude, now thank you. Like I'll send you, by the way, I'll send you and Teresa a couple uh, photographs from my, my trips this summer. Cause I watched, okay, I watched wolves uh, multiple times, which is just, to me, it's just, I, I, I can't describe, like I get chills, like just watching it. So, um, so, but thank you. And I know we're going to stay in touch. Uh, uh, just really love just connected. So, um, and I really appreciate your time and I'll send you, you, you and Teresa, some like video and photo stuff. It'll be out in a couple weeks. And okay. if you write some lyrics, <laughs> I'll sing something. You sing something. All right. <laughs> Thank cool. you so All much. All right, man. Have Appreciate a great day. You. All right, man. Thank you. Yep. Bye. Bye. What an absolutely incredible human. Uh, such an amazing story has how he got into sports, how he got into creativity. This guy is really just so inspiring love his passion for what he's doing and the way he gives back to the community straight up just one of the best humans you will ever meet seriously excited to talk more with him and looking forward to hopefully doing some collaborations uh, in the near future again make sure to follow israel on instagram at i-i-d-o-n-i-j-e and you can also follow him at atlita comics and stop by his website atlitacomics.com that's a-t-h-l-i-t-a-c-o-m-i-c-s do not forget to listen to the two other podcasts on the abstract athlete network and make sure to stop by our website theabstractathlete.com begin again toys.com or amazon and purchase one of our stacked paint and puzzle kits thank you for listening to the abstract athlete podcast we will see you next week and as always do not forget to exercise the body and do not forget to exercise the mind. Stay well out there. <laughs>